If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. It was really his mom. She's really taken the reins and she's an amazing, incredible person, just a savvy businesswoman. Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafter stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. I'm your host, Susan Smith, coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm, Lucy, and I spend lots of hours doing freehand, edge-to-edge quilting. If you're not a quilter and those terms mean nothing to you, it's basically doodling on the layers of a quilt top with a 50-pound pencil, with needle and thread attached, and at really high speed. My philosophy is there's nothing as warm and comforting as a handmade quilt, and my mission is to get as many out in the world as possible. So I quilt for people, and I teach others to find freedom and joy in quilting for themselves. There are so many quilt makers and just as many stories. Quilting has been a bridge between generations, it has soothed loneliness and chronic pain, and it's been a beautiful expression of art and creativity that spans countries and cultures. Today, I'm welcoming Ursula McClintock onto the podcast. Today's Pins and Needles is brought to you by The Will and Dave Show. Hi, I'm the Will half of The Will and Dave Show, a short little podcast that myself and the eponymous Dave like to record talking about the things that really matter to us, whether that's social, political, or pop culture. Usually, we don't see eye to eye. But more often than not, we can find some common ground in there somewhere. And now, back to pins and needles with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. Every so often, I like to go and clean out the drawer that I just have one major drawer that's handy to my sewing table. And inevitably, it has accumulated multiple pens and pencils and rulers and seam rippers and all kinds of odds and ends in there. And there's nothing wrong with that stuff, but it can kind of over get some overgrowth going on in your drawer and take over it so it's worth taking just a few minutes to kind of sort through that you know maybe it's your seam rippers well which one is your favorite and still really sharp and are there two or three dull and lesser quality ones that you could just offload things like that pads of paper um, snips all kinds of things and just sort through and only keep fewer tools that then will be easier to find and then your favorites are always handy. And I'm kind of going somewhere with this because our podcast guest today is going to be telling us about some really wonderful high quality cutting tools and you're going to want some space to store these and care for them well within your sewing drawer. You all know I love my coffee. And if you're interested in supporting this podcast, you can go to 
buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan, where for the price of one delicious coffee, you're able to make a one-time contribution. This helps me keep batteries in stock for my microphone and enables me to keep bringing you these weekly episodes. Thanks so much for your support and maybe take a moment now to refill your cup as you settle back to enjoy today's interview. Ursula is part of a family-owned business in Toronto, Canada. She and her husband and her husband's mother have grown from a company that was once in China, have grown and developed this manufacturing company of scissors, shears, rotary cutters, basically sharp tools for your craft room um, in Toronto. And it is really remarkable. Not only do they have these wonderful products available, but they educate so much about them. So we'll be talking about that throughout the podcast, some of the places that you can go to glean knowledge about these tools that are so essential in your craft room. Today, I'm welcoming into my studio, Ursula McClintock. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Susan. It's my first podcast. I'm really excited to be here and to talk with you. This is going to be so fun. I first met your your company and your products, I think, on Instagram and some of your posts there. So I would love to hear, before we really get into the products themselves, I would love to hear a bit more of the family story that's behind your company and your growth. Definitely. Even to me, it's been a really interesting story because I got to marry into this business. So it's not something even in a million years I would have expected to be doing for myself at this point. So if we want to go all the way back, so the company is 30 years old and it was founded by my husband's parents. And it was really his mom who brought the company to what it is today because unfortunately my husband's father passed away when he was young. So she's really taken the reins and she's an amazing, incredible person, just a savvy businesswoman. And it's impressive to see everything that she's grown. And so where we come in as sort of a separate entity you could think of is we met about seven years ago in university. And it wasn't until maybe three, three and a half years ago that we decided that we have a little window of opportunity here to maybe step in and make something and do something for ourselves here in Canada involving the family business. So what that really meant for ourselves was, you know, we're designing the products that we're selling, the color schemes, the packaging is all done by us here in Toronto, Canada. And we get to collaborate with his mom and make those things happen. So it all happens within the family and it's a really exciting process to get to go through the steps and really feel connected as a family that way. It's just amazing to see. And you're, even the name of your company, right? Reflects that family heritage. Tell us more about that. Yeah, exactly. So the name of the company, the original Chinese name is Li Da Hong. And for us, everything that we've been doing and my husband came up with us, came up with this is for us, it's really love, dedication, and happiness. It's the love of what we're doing, even the love that we have for each other, just as a, a married couple and as friends, um, the dedication to the family business, to the quality of the products that we're making, and just the happiness that it's bringing us. To be able to sit down with you today and even do this podcast is not something I, <laughs> again, it's not something I ever would have expected to be able to do. So it's really even brought us a lot of 
love, dedication and happiness in our lives. And we're really grateful for that. It's pretty remarkable to think that you, you in particular, but your husband too, you know, started getting involved in this business and learned it literally from the ground up because it sounds like you're involved in, as you said, every aspect from the design to the packaging to the marketing. And am I right in thinking that you're kind of the marketer? Yeah, I'm definitely more of the face forward one of, I guess, the two of us, you could say. And I happen to have a background in visual communications, visual storytelling, and that's something that I did after university. And so we are both really collaborative on everything that we do from the marketing to the packaging to the website. But it just so happens that we have two sets of different skills that we can come together with and create sort of one whole uh, team in the two of us. And, you know, if I'm stuck on something to post or if we need to think of some ideas, he's always right there ready with ideas, which has always been incredible to me because this is not something that I could do by myself. And I know that of myself. So it's such a pleasure to be able to work with him every day, even when it's a little difficult, it's still at the end of the day, something that I would choose again and again. What a treat. I too carry on a business with my husband. And for sure, there is that push and pull because you don't always agree on all the bright ideas behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, right? But in the end, the sum is greater than the parts. Somehow when it comes together and meshes, it's more than either of you could do on your own. And we feel the same way. Um, when When I first saw your products, I think it would have been through Instagram and seeing your posts there, which I absolutely love because they're so informational. They just have such a teaching attitude. Are you a teacher at heart too? I don't know if at heart, but I am a pursuer of knowledge. I've always felt that way. I love being a learner. So it's been really important to us to share what we know with our community and beyond that. Even when we were doing a lot of trade shows, um, in 2019, we took every opportunity we could to be able to be in front of people and to talk to them about, you know, this is what you should be looking for. And I think that really just comes from wanting to sort of demystify, I think, tools in general, because there can be, there can be sort of a wall there, perhaps if you're not already familiar with maybe not even just an industry, but with like a skill. So it's, It's helpful for everyone, I think, to know what you're using. Speaking from my point of view as a user of the types of tools, I mean, I've been a a sewist. I've sewn garments and then quilts my entire life. What I've learned in reading your posts, your blog posts, et cetera, watching your videos about how your scissors are made, and that just lets me know what to look for, what type of quality I should have, and makes me appreciate and value and take care of my tools so much more. So while I, when I said that comment about the scissors, I remembered one thing, and I know you get asked this a million times, but I'm going to ask it too. When is it appropriate to use scissor, singular, and when is it appropriate to use scissors, plural? Well, you know, actually, I've never been asked that before. So oh, this is well. <laughs> So scissor versus scissors. I've actually never been asked that before. That's funny. Good thing I asked it then. (laughs) We all know. know. (laughs) That's a good one. Let's see. Um, You know, it's only in if I'm writing copy or if I am having to reference something in an email. So I think they're they can honestly be interchangeable unless you are talking about scissors plural. 
As in multiple pairs of them. Exactly. Yeah. So do you have three scissors? Oh, no, I only have one scissor. Gotcha. Something like that. But I think they're mostly interchangeable. Good, because I was feeling a little worried that I would trip over myself and say the wrong thing. (laughs) And then you say shears, shear, and then it just goes on and on and on. Yeah, Yeah. you could get really carried away with that. Let's see. Um, maybe talk just briefly about the incredible quality that is in these tools and the appreciation I have just from watching some of your videos about them. Maybe give our listeners a few simple tips on what they could do to care for their treasured, whether it's scissors or snips or shears or even rotary cutter blades. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and this is not only for our brand, this is for any scissor that you have, whether it's it's newer, it's older, you can use these on anything. You can even probably transfer these to other tools that you have, depending on what it is. So number one, what we always recommend is give them like a wipe down. So if the blades are starting to feel a little sticky, a little tacky, just take a piece of cloth, something non-abrasive. Paper towel can be a little abrasive sometimes. And just give them a wipe down. Because what that's going to do, it's going to start accumulating down near what we call the button of the scissor, which is what's holding the two blades together. Kind of where they're hinged. Exactly where they're hinged. Give them a wipe down so nothing's going to get clogged up. Because once it gets down there, it becomes really difficult to remove the buildup. Uh, And the next thing as well to help with the stickiness or even just if you're using scissors that are not rust resistant, if they're not stainless steel, or if you're using uncoated, unprotected carbon steel. To prevent rusting and to help with smoothness, you can coat them in oil. And that can be sewing machine oil. It can be even oil in your kitchen if you don't mind the smell a little bit. And just really get into the nooks and crannies there. And if you want a detailed explanation of this, we actually have resources on our website as a blog post of how to do that. We have a guide on our Instagram, and then we also have a couple individual posts on our Instagram too that are visual. So if you're more of a visual person, That's very check helpful. out our Instagram. Yeah, for sure. And it'll go such a long way. Now for storing your scissors, we have unfortunately heard, even I think more recently, maybe because people are at home more, of scissors kind of dropping and falling and some emails of, is there anything that I can do? Or being stored in a container point down. <gasps> Terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, ooh, I won't even touch that. That's <laughs> so bad. It is. You could accidentally just completely whack it off and down it goes. And in some cases, they're just not salvageable because once you have damage to that button or if there are a couple nicks in that blade, it becomes a little difficult to even sharpen those nicks out. And that's typically what the next step would be if you're trying to repair them. And then maybe trying to tighten the button as well that could help too if you have our scissors and our like our fabric shears they come in a box and we specifically designed the box so that you can keep them and store them in the box genius i've dropped scissors that are in that box before and they were fine (laughs) good to know yeah because the foam there it's going to protect it better than if there's nothing there at all the pegboards Hanging them up, if you're careful, that's fine. Does it make me nervous? Maybe. But it's better than even just leaving them on a sewing table or crafting table and just waiting for them to kind of just drop off. Or for sure in a drawer, which is really common. Yeah, Yeah, that's fine too. 
maybe try not to have it knocking around with some other things in there. But if that's all you got, then that's well, that, what that's, you got to do. That's kind of where I'm going. A drawer is not ideal because there inevitably is other things in there to bump around against. Okay, so yeah. if I was going to, because I'm a bit of a minimalist, so mm -hmm. I would rather have one great pair of scissors than have three or four, you know, so-so ones. Mm -hmm. What what should I start with? What's your absolutely favorite all-purpose one? Or do I really need to know mm -hmm. what my purpose is before I pick my scissors? Well, if you are really looking for something all-purpose, I would recommend a 9 or 10-inch midnight edition or a traditional fabric shear. The carbon steel that we make them out of, and just, it's my preference. It cuts through the materials generally that I like to work with, which are a little bit more heavyweight. I don't work too much with thinner, slippery fabric. Now for quilters, it could be a little bit different, especially if you're doing maybe like wool applique, which can be a little slick sometimes. So then you might go for the stainless steel. Is that where you're going with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. The angle at which the two types of scissors, the stainless steel and the carbon steel are made, the blade angle, the cutting edge is different so that okay. they actually grip fabrics differently. Okay. Good to so know. So a, a kind of funny example about this is if you have a really, if you have a thick leather or any kind of leather, really, if you wanted a carbon steel scissor from us, I would actually recommend an eight or a nine inch. But if you were going for a stainless steel because maybe you prefer the weight, you prefer the handle shape in your hand, I would recommend um, a 10-inch or up. Because okay. it's just the way that the weight of the scissor of the stainless steel acts and the way that the blade edges are cut or uh, created, rather. It's just sort of like a funny thing that they work better with different fabrics. But at the end of the day, when you're able to try them out, it really comes down to how they feel in your hand mm -hmm. and what the weight is in your hand. Because if you have maybe some chronic pain in your hand when you're using scissors or you have arthritis or anything like that and you need something lighter, then it, it's just so personal. But my personal favorite pair, going back to that, is the 10-inch Midnight Edition. Lovely. Okay, so define for us the Midnight Edition. I absolutely love them, but you have several different finishes. So give us a brief mm -hmm. rundown of those if you would. Sure. So the Midnight Edition is our signature black series of scissors. It covers our Midnight Edition fabric shears. It's also on our Midnight Edition thread snips. Our rotary cutter is also black. We've just recently have our Midnight Edition rotary blades as well. It's the same coating on a carbon steel blade. So it's kind of the same cutting power and sharpness that you would find on our Midnight Edition fabric shear. And it's on our uh, pinking shears as well. So we do have a set of that. And then the other colorways that we have are our classic sort of colorway, which is the silver that you can find on the classic stainless steel fabric shears. And then also the traditional fabric shears, which are essentially the same scissor as the Midnight Edition. They just don't have the black coating on them and they have a rubberized handle. And we have our prism series, which is some people call it oil slick. I always think of a rainbow, which is why I named them Prism. But I do, I, I can see definitely the sort of oil slick reference. Well, the oil slick is not quite as cool of a name, it's, let's face it. It's not. <laughs> no, it definitely is not, but I can see the resemblance. And that's on our stainless steel fabric shear, the nine and a half inch. On a snip, 
on a pinking sheer as well. And then we also have our imperial colorway, which is gold. And that's on a snip and a pinking shear. And then we have the little imperial scissors as well, though I wouldn't necessarily group them together. They're kind of different things. Right. Yeah. Right. They're so pretty. And listeners, you've got to just go and view the website or Ursula's Instagram account for the company. It's just, they're so remarkable and there's so many great tips. Um, recently, there was a couple of photos that I was just astonished to see because this is something I didn't know. But you were showing the blades of the scissors straight on and demonstrating how they're curved and how the one is concave. Those pictures just gave such a clear illustration. And, you know, I we're used to just the dollar store variety of scissors mm -hmm. I am for so many purposes and I look at those and I just go aha that's what makes a really good fabric scissors really good so listeners go and check out lots of those posts you can learn a ton 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 about scissors just from reading Ursula's Instagram posts honestly <laughs> oh you're so sweet and we have a couple of series I would call them as of informational um, posts that have been up recently regarding like what goes into each scissor. We have a factory series going on in a blog right now. So if you're really into tools or you're not yet and you want to be, yeah, they're good. They're a good place to start. Good place to get the details. And I was kind of asking you what, you know, a go-to scissor might be for someone to choose. But in fact, on your website, you have a little quiz with just a few questions that one can take. Do you want to introduce that at all? Or is it self-explanatory when you get there? It's fairly self-explanatory, um, but we have another one, too, for which size you should get as well. But, of course, it, once you take, take those quizzes and you're still not sure, I mean, feel free to reach out to us at any time and try to help you out as best that I can. Because it's usually me answering DMs, so it's kind of like a direct line to whatever I can help you with. So through Instagram or even through our website. Right. But do start with the quizzes because they just help to guide you and let you know some of the options even that are out there. So maybe it's a good time to tell our listeners where they can find you in some of those places. Sure. So we're at ldhscissors.com and ldh underscore scissors on Instagram, ldh scissors on Facebook. And we're working on a Pinterest right now, too. So watch out for that. <laughs> nice. Love Pinterest. Love me, my Pinterest. Oh, me too. So many hours of just, oh, my gosh. Just, this is the problem with social media is there's so many good things out there. How do you divide your time between everything you want to do? So actually, I, I do come at Pinterest from a different angle. I'm not much of a viewer of Pinterest. I'm a pinner. And so I find that within the quilting world, because it is very visual, you know, Instagram's an obvious um, you know, tool that's handy for building a business, but so is Pinterest. So I will check out your account, see how you're doing, but it, it is really great. And it's a great way to reach people, honestly. And because you tell your story so visually, I think you'll find it really helpful. Oh, so, brilliant. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun with that. Um, maybe tell me, you know, when I have quilters on here, we often kind of end the podcast with what has been their aha moment or their life lesson or the season that quilting has helped them through. Well, what is something maybe in the growth of your business or in the process of changing countries or, you know, is there something there that has been a pillar that has been memorable, some wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners? It's been... I... The journey that we've been on since we kind of started this has kind of been all encompassing. 
And by that, I mean so many different things that I have been doing in my life prior to this, creatively, even when it comes to, you know, writing. Writing has always been a big part of my life as well as reading. And that's what I went to university for. So doing that, even throughout school, doing art, everything has sort of come together in a really unexpected way. And I think that's been such a big lesson that I've been, I think, really fortunate to learn at my age that these things have come together and I never meant them to, but it's worked out. And I think that's something that I hope people can sort of take away from their creative process is that it doesn't have to be about the hustle. It doesn't have to be about getting something done as fast as possible, trying to be the best, trying to do this, that, or something else right now, just really trying to enjoy the process and seeing where it takes you. That's sort of been the biggest lesson, especially during lockdown. And in Canada, in Toronto, the lockdown has been long. It's been really, really long. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I've tried to really grasp and enjoy as much as possible and not be as hard on myself necessarily as I might have been on in the past. Like give yourself a little bit more patience, a little bit more self-love with what you're doing when it comes to anything that you're doing. And also if you're putting it online too, I mean, people are harsh. They can be harsh critics, but can be. the communities that you can find online are so valuable, so precious, just priceless. The people that you can meet and growing yourself and growing your craft and whatever that is, if it's quilting, sewing, weaving, writing, anything like that, just please enjoy the process and your journey is not going to be like anyone else's. You're going to find your way and it's going to come together. And don't be, don't, uh, here I am at a loss for words again. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm trying to say is expect the unexpected. Be ready for some surprises to come around the corner at you. Yeah. Embrace what you can. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Embrace what you can as long as it's not hurting you. Exactly. This has been a real pleasure. And yeah, it's Instagram. It's that creative community that enabled us to meet each other. And this is so fun. We might not have in real life. Although I will add, I was born just outside of Toronto. So, you know, you're kind of in my old stomping ground. So Toronto is a big place. (laughs) It's a nice day today, too. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for enjoying me. I'll let you go enjoy some of the sun and get on with what you need to do today. But it's been a real pleasure chatting with you, Ursula. Thanks so much. And you too, Susan. Thank you. And thank you for tuning into the show. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider taking a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. It really helps other listeners to find the show so they can hear these stories too. For information on the classes I offer or quilting services, please see my website, stitchedbysusan.com. If you're a long-arm quilter and looking for freehand tips, take advantage of the live and unscripted events hosted on my Facebook page and replayed on my YouTube channel, Stitched by Susan. And if pictures are your preference, check out my Pinterest galleries of edge-to-edge and custom quilting projects. These direct links can all be found in the show notes below. So, until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted. <laughs>